Hello? Can you hear me now? Oh, I can hear you now. John, hi. Oh, Good morning. Well, the, uh, the laptop won't work. I have to use the cell phone. Huh. Uh, All right. Uh, yeah, I, I... Okay, so it was on your end why I couldn't hear you and you couldn't hear me? I said that my microphone and speaker were working, but right. I guess something was wrong with my MacBook. Now I don't have my video working here. Let's see if I can turn that on. Okay. <laughs> It's always something, John, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, my God. And I taught, you know, when we were on lockdown, I'm a teacher. We, oh. I, I used the computer. We we solved all these issues a hundred times. Uh, let's see. How do I get that? Come on now. And I'm able to access camera. Come on, camera. Come on, camera. Yeah, um, I, I wasn't sure whether it was you or me. I was about to call my tech guy, but... Um, Thought it was me. I now I can't get my camera on my phone to work. I see it says John's iPhone on the screen. That's right, because I'm, I'm using that now, not my laptop. All right, start video. Unable to access camera. Allow Zoom to access your camera from device menu. Oh, geez. How do I get to the device menu? Hey, you know what, John? Yeah. Do you did you try uh, rebooting your MacBook? I didn't. Let me try that. You know, that's, that's generally, point. yeah, will fix anything. You're right. Let me do that while we're have talking. Have you used the video and, uh, uh, recently? So, I have, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah let I, me do well, just reboot it, John. I bet you that works. Oh. Yeah. Boot it. While I'm doing that, if I can get the camera to work on this, we'll just sure. go with this. But why isn't the camera working on this now? Ay, ay, ay. Ay, 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 ay. It's always <laughs> something, you know? Everything prepared and set up so we wouldn't have these issues <laughs> and of course there's always something oh, it, you're not yeah they have it happens don't worry about it never in setting start in uh, poop i can't believe i can't get this to work while i'm doing this i want to set your up your slide up what do you want me to use for your url under your name it's so long can i what oh um just uh carb addiction teacher Oh, just put uh, carb addiction teacher. Okay. Yeah, you can. You, I'll if do you that. just want the title for it, that URL just sends you to my YouTube. I got you. I'll just put carb addiction teacher. Which I'd rather people go to the YouTube instead of my 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 really bad website, which I haven't really developed, which has a link to my YouTube. All right, so I'm back on. Now I'm going to try to relaunch. Yeah, go ahead and get out of of Zoom and try to relaunch that puppy. All right, so. Um, I bet you this fixes it. Zoom installing updates. Look at that. <laughs> it didn't do that before. It looks like it to do updates. Meanwhile, there's no reason why this camera shouldn't work. So I wish well, your I camera was working, John. I could I could see you. I just yeah. couldn't hear you. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, but the one on the phone, if we can't get joined, right. join a meeting. Oh, my gosh. New meeting, join a meeting. Your client has successfully updated. Yeah, come on. Just from a fresh start after you reboot, click on that Zoom link I sent you. And I am. I'm, I'm doing it. It should get you right in. All right, here we go. Join with video. Join. Okay. Something happened. No. Can you hear me? Okay, I can see you up top, but I don't see you in the big picture. Can you ditch the iPhone thing? 
Or I'm going to ditch the iPhone. I might have to call back, though, if we don't hear each other. Here okay. we go. Okay, I can see you. Can you hear me? I cannot hear you. No sound. I cannot hear you either. Oh, wait a minute. I can Jeez, hear you now. I see two of me. I can <laughs> hear you. I hear you. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me go into the preferences. Yeah, I hear you. Audio. Same as system. Come on. Test, test, test. Hello. Test, test, test. There is no reason that this is, should not be working. What a pain in the neck. Output, input, MacBook microphone. I should be able to hear you. The damn thing's not working. Can you believe this? It's just not working. Hello, 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 hello. Testing one. Now I hear you. Now you hear me. Yeah, what? Did you do something? No. <laughs> oh, well, let's <laughs> go, man. We we can do this. Working. Right, Isn't that me, great? Me. Yeah, if you put your headset, it'll probably sound a little better. You're, you're, I had a microphone for a better sound. Everything. I don't want to mess with it. Yeah, your mic, sounds, your mic sounds good. It looks good, like you got a, a real one. Well, I have this, but I don't have it hooked in now because everything wasn't working before. Should I try it? Well, yeah. I mean, it sounds pretty good now. What, what, what is, you're just using your computer mic now? It is, but if I... Go ahead. We, have, we have a moment. Is it louder with this? Do you hear the difference? I don't think, <laughs> I don't think it's using the big one. I All don't right, know. You know what? Screw the big, screw the big one. We it got it working. Fine. I don't want to mess it up. Yeah, it's, it sounds fine. <laughs> All right. Though. How's that? Okay. What do you think? That's good. Want to roll with this? That's, um, I'm... I'm glad that we got sound. That we have video and audio. Video and audio. So, that's all you need. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay, let's yeah, do this. Yeah. All right. Okay. You you hang in there. Just you'll just follow right, my lead. And you'll be fine. Okay. Where am I here? Let me get my life together, which could take an hour. <laughs> Getting my life together. Uh, <clears throat> so I need to record the video. So let's. Uh, Record La Spina. La Spina. It's a great name, La Spina. So we're recording La Spina. Now we're we going to record um, the audio. Because we put this out as an audio podcast and also a video. So then we're going to stream the audio. Now we're streaming the audio. So that's good. And now all we have to do is um, stream the video and record the video and then press this button. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, very pleasant good morning to you. Hi, this is Patrick Timpone. We had a little technical fun as my nose itches. Is that when Mercury is in retrograde when your nose itches? Something like that. Good morning. My name is Patrick Timpone, and this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Beautiful morning here in the Texas Hill Country. I hope you're having fun. Have a cup of tea or a cup of Joe. Is Joe good for you? You know, there's a lot of carnivore people and keto people and stuff like that. We'll ask our guests, 
you know, some of them say, oh man, it's great, it's fine. And some of them say, no, it's the devil. So we'll ask John Lespina what he thinks about coffee. We all have different opinions about it. Anyway, don't uh, mind me, I'm just babbling on. In a couple of hours or after we talk with John Lespina, who you're gonna meet here in a moment, we uh, are speaking with a lady who uh, actually cured herself from the big C, cancer, uh, using fat. So it's gonna be a fatty morning here, so you know, don't, don't eat too much fat, because fat won't make you fat. John Smina is with us, and I have to find out where John is, actually. Let me pull up his website. He, uh, he got his degree at Westchester University, 34 years of certified teaching experience, and has been on the ketogenic way of eating for over three and a half years, and uh, he's a ketovore. I've never heard that, that's pretty cool. It's just, uh, he educates people on the proper way of eating, and it's uh, the whole carb thing. So let's join John Lespina. John, where, where do you live? Good morning, where are you, John, where are you? Hey, Patrick, good morning. I live currently in Boca Raton, Florida. Boca Raton, good for you. It's a beautiful place, huh? Yes, it is beautiful. It's uh, The weather's gorgeous here most of the year. And everybody and their brother is moving to Florida and Texas, where I am. It's a, it's a party. Uh, I, it's a party. Yeah. <laughs> we won't go there. We won't go there. No, no. And we know why they're coming, John. We know why oh, they're yeah, coming. Oh, yeah, we Yeah. So tell me a bit about yourself when you, you went to university and uh, how would you study okay, there? Okay. Um, well, I am 57 years old and, you know, right out of high school, I went to Westchester University in Pennsylvania and I got my teaching degree. I studied education and um, I got my teaching degree and I started teaching right out of college in 1988 and huh. I, I taught for 34 years. I just recently retired last the end of the school year. I see. And then uh, what got you kind of turned on to being a, a keto fatty guy, you know, less carbs? <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, we've all gone on diets. I went on many diets. I was always overweight. And as I got older, uh, in my 40s and 50s, I the weight really started coming on. So, you really? know, like many Americans, I would go on a diet. Yeah. Uh, and lose the weight and some and I was successful but then when I went off the diet which is what you do you don't stay on it for the rest of your life because it's restrictive uh, I put the weight back on and then I put on more weight so hmm. it's actually four years ago since you read it three and a half four years ago I started a keto genic way of eating didn't know what I was doing I just knew that you were supposed to have low carbohydrates right and high fat and moderate protein. So I put an app on my phone, which charted all those macronutrients, and I started teaching myself. I started learning how to eat ketogenically. And you know, here we are four years later, I've learned so much, and I've changed and adapted and adjusted to what you mentioned, ketovore. So I am now a ketovore, and I'll explain what that is, in, <laughs> I guess, in a few minutes. Sure, sure. Yeah, uh, we've done quite a few shows on uh, carnivore in the last mm -hmm. six months. I started eating carnivore about uh, seven months ago. I saw, you probably know her, Sally K. Norton, and the, mm -hmm. the, you know, the Oxalate gal, which you, we'll, we'll talk uh, with you about it. And I just saw her, it, it was like three o'clock in the morning, somehow I was up and I watched this video of Sally K. Norton. I said, man, I mean, a lot of almonds, a lot of spinach, and a lot of chard, you yeah. know, a lot of stuff, yeah. and a lot of turmeric. Yeah. I, maybe I'll just yeah. quit doing that. So I just quit a cold turkey, John. Just, yeah, I quit. 
And then before you know it, when once you quit all that stuff, there's nothing else to eat but meat. So I just started eating meat, and here I am. <laughs> That's a way to do it. <laughs> but now I'm moderating a little bit and starting to eat a little bit of a, a little rice just because it feels better. And we'll get into that. So, um, <clears throat> what was your weight when you when you got into the keto thing? And did you just learn it on your own through the internet and listening to people and? reading books that's exactly that's exactly how it did so uh, you know if to give you my weight it, it needs to be in context of my my height and everything so i'm five foot ten and a half and i was around 200 pounds i was uncomfortable in my skin it's a and little according much to my, for five, yeah according know. according to my body mass index which some people think it's extreme um i was very i was way overweight yeah so uh i watched some youtube videos and read some some internet articles and just basically learned what to throw out in my kitchen and what to go and start shopping for mm -hmm. and I, as i told you i put what i ate into an app in my phone that's how i started i don't do that anymore but it it, it helped me track what i'm eating so i know exactly how much protein how many carbs and how much fat i was eating so i could mentally huh. grasp you know what am i eating and that's how I started. I just basically hmm. threw things out, bought things, and tracked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did how did it feel when you cut down on the carbs? Did you were you um, craving those those bad boys? Or, you just so uh, I am, like they say, alcoholics. You know, <laughs> uh, hello, my name's John Laspina. I am a I am a sugar addict. Really, I, I am. If I eat sugar, I can't stop thinking about getting more. Is that and if right? I try, yes, just what? like an alcoholic. And if I try to stop, I, I, it haunts me. I'm like, I, I have to get it. I want to get it. I maybe two days I'll have it. I'll plan it. So I have to get it out <laughs> of amazing. my life. That's amazing. And eventually, yeah. Once it's out of your life, the cravings disappear and the thoughts oh. disappear. So how do I know I'm a sugar aholic or whatever you call it? Because then I would have some sugar months and months later, and all of a sudden it started up again, like a switch in the brain. Really, it turned it turned that addiction back on. So I, uh, metabolically, I, John Lespina, can you explain? Have you figured out why that is? What kind of what you got going on with insulin or or, or blood sugar? Do you know? Why that is? Well, we're, we're as humans, you know, we, we all need sugar. Sure. We all need glucose. Our, our red blood cells need glucose. Parts of our body must have it or you die. That's why, you know, diabetics have to test and give themselves glucose to, you know, to right. with their insulin. Right. Uh, but what I learned is that our liver, one of the 90 functions that our amazing liver does is our liver cr uh, creates, it generates just the amount of glucose that parts of our body need on demand and that's called gluconeogenesis gluco means glucose neo is new genesis is the creation of so once hmm. you eliminate external exogenous glucose and sugar right by the food you eat your body knows it needs a certain amount of glucose and the liver generates just what it needs and not not more to make sure that you're healthy and and people and i'm one of the billions of people you can test your your blood when you're not eating sugar forever and you are in range i have blood sugar because my liver's making it from other substrates so because the, i'm not eating so it. the body the body makes uh whatever glucose we need but but a lot of the a lot of the carny keto people are saying that the brain really wants 
much fat, needs fat to live, John. Is, is that your right. understanding as well? So what is the, mm -hmm. why is the liver making glucose? Do we know? Okay, so my understanding is the brain is, 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 has a lot of fat. It, yeah. it, it, it needs fat. It prefers ketones and fat over glucose right. if it has an option, although it will use glucose. And the liver makes it because, uh, you know, our red blood cells, you know, if you've heard of an a A1C, Yes, okay. sir. And yeah. A1C, sorry, a hema, hemoglobin A1C, the hemoglobin is part of the red blood cell and the red blood cells, the hemoglobin, um, the sugar, whatever sugar, whether you're eating it or the sugar that your own body makes, it goes to the hemoglobin and it glycates, it sticks onto the hemoglobin. The hemoglobin lives for three months before it gets washed out of the system. So when they do a blood test uh -huh. and they're testing your hemoglobin A1C, A1C. Yes, a number is is assigned explaining how much of the sugar is glycated onto that hemoglobin over a three-month period, and they, they give you this number, and that tells you if you're metabolically healthy, how much glucose, how your body is handling the glucose. And then, they, you know, if you want to go deeper, we could talk about the numbers. I'm not a doctor now. No, I understand. So, so but I've learned well, so much I've from never, doctors. I've never... Heard it explained so clearly. Good for you, John Lefspina. So the A1C is measuring how much, um, uh, repeat that again, how much sugar okay. has been globbed on so, to the, the red blood cells? You said, well, globbed on globbed is, on. is sticky. Okay. Sugar is sticky. Yeah. Sugar is sticky, yeah. and that's called glycation. Right. So when it glycates onto the hemoglobin, um, it stays there for approximately 90 days, a little bit more, a little bit less. That's what they measure, how much has glycated, and that gives them a number. And if your number is below 5.7, you are metabolically healthy. But if you're above 5.7, entering into the 6.0s, you are considered insulin resistant. And if you go up even higher into the 7 ranges, then type 2 diabetes. And insulin resistance is... Uh Explain it simply is okay. Our our cells um, when we eat uh, mostly, you know, when we have glucose, the the to get the glucose into the cell, okay, our our body sees the glucose and our pancreas secretes insulin, and insulin knocks on the door. There's these little insulin receptors. The insulin receptors say, "Oh, there's insulin." The the cell doors open up and the glucose goes into the cell for energy. Oh. When when we consume an enormous amount of exogenous outside, outside. glucose, sugar, mm -hmm. fructose, glucose, galactose, and when we eat too much over a long period of time, it's like the phone is constantly ringing. The, the cells are constantly being asked to open up to let that in, to let that glucose in and they get tired. So the insulin receptors stop answering the door and the, and the glucose doesn't go into the cells. That's insulin resistance and then that's high glucose. Oh, that's so if you would do your blood, blood prick in the morning, you could get 130, 140, whatever. Oh, because it's just running yes. around. It's running around in your blood. Yeah. Right. And not just in the the morning is always higher anyway, but anytime during the day, a person, a person's fasting, meaning they haven't had any right. food for a while, a person's fasting blood glucose level should be between, you know, at the very low, maybe 60, maybe 55, like super low, but still not passing right. out <laughs> up to about 100. Yeah. Fasting should be right around in there. And when I've tested my fasting blood glucose, I bought a meter 
So I could sure. measure. Yeah. Measuring is They're amazing. They're cheap, the meters. You just um, get them at the drugstore, right? And those are yeah. cheap. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And my fasting blood glucose is around 70 to 80 when yeah. I'm not Which eating. Which is perfect, right? Perfect. Which is perfect. But somebody who is insulin resistant, somebody who is uh, becoming a type 2 diabetic, their blood sugar is, is around 130, 140 when they're fasted. And then, of course, it goes even higher when they're eating because the the insulin is not working correctly. It's not opening the cells. It's not doing its job. It's resistant. So then you could get diagnosed for whatever that matters from some doctor, and they say you have diabetes, right? right. Something it like that. It can get to the so what insulin is resistance this, leads to it. What yeah. is this sugar running around that's not going in the cells? Is it damaging the organs? Is that what, is that what diabetes it, is? It, it, it is my understanding that sugar, if it has a job to do, it's fine. Um, if it has a job, if you go jogging, if you go running, if you go weightlifting, if you do something and you've got some sugar in your system, it will provide you energy. But if it doesn't have anything to do, it's flowing through the blood. And like we said before, it glycates. Sugar's sticky. So it's going to stick onto uh, the sides of your like so this, so this is your your artery right. going right through okay the cells on the inside of the artery are called your endothelial cells right okay your endothelial cells the sugar sticks to them and it damages them and as they get damaged the body sends a cascade of of rescue and part of that is cholesterol cholesterol so the cholesterol right. comes and in so, to patch it up Patch it up. Right. And it puts a Band-Aid there wow. along with calcium and other things. And if you're continually assaulting that area with sugar, it's going to put another Band-Aid and mm -hmm. another Band-Aid. And then eventually your arteries close up. So what's, you know, it, sugar damages arterial walls. Sugar glycates. It's Whenever it, it sticks onto things, uh -huh. it, it damages them. If it's not being used for energy. Right. Okay. So... There's so much sugar that we need um, for energy, and this is—is is this why John years ago, you know, the cyclists and the runners, the marathon people would carb up the day before or something like that, right? Exactly. They would eat a lot of rice or pasta. Pasta was a favorite for like Lance, exactly. Ar Lance Armstrong, exactly. who would do the right. the whole bicycle thing, right? So that's mm -hmm. that was the idea that they would have a lot of sugar running around for energy. Why they did that? Exactly. We have uh, glycogen stores. You hear the word glucose glycogen. Yes, sir. So we we fill up our storage of glycogen, and then we go out and do our marathon run, and we and we use that glycogen storage, that sugar storage, as our energy until we have run out of our glycogen stores, and then that's when they drink the Gatorade to yeah. pump it back up right, again. Right. So would that yeah. would that be a reason why you know I told you I did carnivore about seven months ago, and then. I've been doing a lot of uh, resistance training with a little program we promote called X3. It's really cool. I'm actually mm. building muscle, and I'm you know I I've had my body for 76 years. You know, oh, you look great. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> I feel great. And but then I got to the point about uh, two weeks ago. Oh, I just need a little rice. You know, I don't know what it is, but I just need a little, you know, a little rice with butter. And uh, mm -hmm. is it so? Was my body telling me that I needed? This, some sugar for the this resistance training I'm doing? Uh, well, that's hard to tell. I, I, the way it was explained to me also is, you know, you know, sugar is energy. It's used as energy. And ketones use fat for energy. And sugar gives you a spike of energy. 
and then it drops off fast because of the insulin versus if you become fat adapted or keto adapted where you've allowed your body the time to switch over to using fat for fuel the ketones are a very steady form of energy they don't need insulin to go up or down and if you can get to the point where your body's using the ketones you'll you won't feel like you've run out of energy um you won't have that spike though and that dip i do a great deal of fat i eat beef tallow and butter raw you know i mean a lot you know i just i eat a lot so maybe it was just a psychological need for the rice and not a physiological need you know who knows uh some comfort food or something you know something like that it's very interesting john laspina is with us what do you think if you'd like to uh, be on the show and ask John a question, you can call 888-663-6386. Email patrick at oneradionetwork.com. Well, thanks for that. That was a great explanation of this whole insulin thing, which is, uh, it's a big deal, right? It's a big deal. So is the, so then can we argue, we're gonna have a heart surgeon on tomorrow and he's got his own ideas of why the arteries get clogged up, but I just got an email from him. He's going to go into surgery, so that's been canceled, but you know, live live broadcast. What yeah. are you going to do? Anyway, yeah. um, so is this what is the metabolic syndrome where people who consume a lot of bread and cookies and cakes and crackers and, and tortillas and chips or whatever, they cause this uh, this atherosclerosis? Is this is that the idea? Um, that is my understanding that's because what is, what is cookie, what are crackers, what are chips? What what is the basic uh, molecule in there? It's starch, and starch is a string of glucose molecules. And as soon as your uh, the starch hits your saliva and goes down into your digestion, it breaks down into the individual glucose molecules. So when you eat bread, you're eating sugar. Eating sugar. When you yeah, when you're having potatoes, you're eating sugar. You're having rice. You, it turns into sugar. Huh. Uh, so it's 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 if someone was going to dabble around with eating more animal foods and fat as many people are advocating you are these days um mm-hmm. um could they go by the fasting blood sugar in the morning after having some carbs on Tuesday and measured on Wednesday morning would that be an indication if if they're dealing with the carbs on a reasonable level do you understand the question? Right, say that again. In other words, so say Monday Tuesday, Tuesday, say, say Tuesday, you're going to do some rice, and I, you know, I feel like a little rice, and I've been, I'm just going to have some rice, big bowl of rice and butter, and then I measure my um, fasting blood sugar on Wednesday morning, and it's good, it's a good range. Is that an indication that whatever rice I ate oh, was okay. just fine? And thank you very much. And. I could have it again if I want it without any so damage. So 24 hours later, your your body has had plenty of time to deal with the it. insulin has plenty of time to deal with that <laughs> with that rise in glucose that came from the from the rice and you're there 24 hours later. It's the next day. And and if your if you're in, if your fasting blood glucose the next day was good, yeah. you're metabolically probably doing okay because your <laughs> insulin took care of that. Um, I'm not against eating rice and eating sure, potatoes. Sure. Um, they're actually cleaner than eating bread. The bread of today is is uh-huh. absolutely horrible. Um, so I just choose not to have the rice and the bread oh, because so, then it's so you're pretty yeah. much a, you're a keto bore. So we're going to talk about that. Let me do a little break okay. here, and then we'll, we'll sure. talk about what a keto bore is. And uh, and I don't know what I am. I'm just an Italian guy. So you know, what can I tell you? I just want to. 
Uh, this is uh, OneRadioNetwork.com. Uh, I love the old uh, saying with uh, Woody Allen that he said, I just I would never join a club if they allow me in the, become a member, you know. <laughs> so I try not to join clubs, but it's fun uh, dealing with this and learning how to um, uh, eat the best foods for whatever our goals are, and that's real important. We talk a lot about that on our one-on-ones is what's your goal, what do you want to do, what's your spiritual goal, your physical goal, your mental goal, and what do you want to do, and then try to figure out the right foods uh, to work for you. But we have people like John on and others to give you their ideas, and then you can look at it, sift through it, and see you know, see what works for you. I, I came across this little guy, uh, this, not this guy, but we interviewed uh, uh, Dr. Jaquish, uh, uh, what, in, in November? And this system he does is called X3. And you'll see it's a steel bar and it is using these latex bands. And so he's standing on a, on a, on a plate that's very well constructed. So what he's doing is lifting, he's doing would be a, a bicep. So he's dragging it up to his chest. He brings it back down to around his genitals, drags it back up to his chest. And the magic in that is and I can demonstrate when I do, uh, uh, um, when I put it overhead, so I'm standing on the plate, I've got a, a latex band, and then you do this, right? You're way up here, and it's got this pressure holding your shoulders and your biceps, and you bring it down here, and you still have pressure, you still have pressure, you still have pressure, because you never take the pressure off, and then you bring it back up again. It's pretty cool. It's called variable resistance. It's different from taking a, you know, 120, 30 pounds and going like that and then dropping it down. Uh, you can hurt your uh, shoulders and a lot of weightlifters have all kinds of joint issues after they do it for a while. This is an interesting uh, concept. He's a, he's a cool guy and he wrote a book called Weightlifting is a Waste of Time. <laughs> and uh, you can get this X3. It's on our website. Uh, I've been doing it for three months now and I have more muscle today than I've ever had in my 76 years in this little Italian body, baby. It's cool, and guess what? You don't get sore. Now, I don't know what that's about, but Jake says it's because when you're doing the variable resistance, right, you're not tearing the muscles like you do with weights, which just causes the muscle to grow, and that's why you have to wait, you know, two or three days in between. Uh, but you can do this every day on different body parts, and you, you just never get sore. It's a very cool uh, system. I like it a lot, um, and you don't get sore. You can go on One Radio Network, use promo code, uh, no, no promo code, sorry. Just go OneRadioNetwork.com, click on the X3, and get yourself one, and they also have a thing where you can finance it over 12 months, which is what I did. I think it's about 500 bucks, but, and they have these bands where it's gonna last you a lifetime, because the band that, one of the bands is about this thick, and I'd have to be about 400 pounds to do that one, so it's, I'm, it's not like I'm gonna run out of bands, uh, you know, up to be in 100, 100. It's cool. Check it out. It's on OneRadioNetwork.com. Here's something that, that I do every day and you might want to consider doing for yourself. Previously with Dr. Thomas Rao, the Pericles Medical Clinic in Switzerland. Their specialty is detoxification. We asked him about far-infrared saunas. The far-infrared sauna goes much deeper into the skin subcutaneously. It has its maximum about four to five centimeters below the skin surface. 
you've actually measured materials in the sweat and you've proven this. Yes, the, the patients after a week doing this every day, half an hour or 45 minutes, they react quite much with sweat. Then you can collect this sweat, then you measure this, and then you find how much they detoxify with the heavy metals. It's really amazing. It really is amazing. They've done studies with our relaxed far infrared sauna, which is very low, no uh, radio RFs. It has a little bit of magnetic energy, so the whole EMF thing is non-existent in our uh, unit. As you can see here, you stick your head out, and then and it gets hot, baby, and then you turn on a timer, and you're liable to fall asleep so you don't cook yourself, and it's really, I've been doing every day probably 10 years, and I think it's a wonderful thing to sweat every day, and uh, um, I think you'll like it. The way to get this uh, sauna is to email me, Patrick, at oneradionetwork.com. It's the only way to get the price that we offer at 1295 delivered in the U.S., so low that they don't even allow us to put it in print. I can just talk to you over the air about it because if you put it in print, then Google picks it up and everybody wants to sell for 1295 and they want to keep the retail price up around 1500 So they let us sell it at a lower price to give you, I'd say, well, I just want, I'd rather sell more. So let's just do it. He said, okay, you can do it. So that's what we do. It's a great unit, uh, the Relax Far Infrared Sauna. Oh, a little thing about the sweat. Uh, they've done studies with our sauna, and you can do a some kind of, a, oh, I don't know what you call them, John may know, where you, you, you take something, some kind of a nutrient, and it makes... Um, it makes uh, things move out of your body more. I don't know what the name of it is. But anyway, you can test your urine before a sauna and see so many toxins in there and then go in the sauna and you actually see more mercury and lead or whatever out in the urine after the sauna. So it's been proven that not only do you um, detoxify through the skin, the largest organ in the body, but you're also detoxing through, I guess, uh, through kidney and bladder, and who knows what's coming out in the feces through the colon. So that's pretty cool. I think saunas have been used, uh, well, traditionally in, in cultures uh, since the, you know, the Roman times they used to go in there. Of course, they had a lot of girls in there, but you know, that's why they went in. So anyway, check it out. Uh, just email me if you want to get one. Email me, Patrick, at oneradionetwork.com. Oh. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. We are talking with Mr. John Laspina, and John, he's going to tell you about his website now. What are folks going to find? Uh, how do they find you? Can they just Google Carb Addiction uh, Teacher? Uh, yeah, I, I prefer that if people would want to find me, find just Carb Addiction Teacher. Yeah. Uh, or seed oil oxalate and carb addiction teacher either one it will take you to my youtube page and i have about uh 280 videos Whoa. that i have made uh Whoa. different topics and I, I try to do one a day uh, a new topic every day and i i post them to my youtube and i have almost a thousand subscribers already oh, that's great. so i would I really appreciate it if i could get more subscribers so i can hop up over a thousand and uh, reach more people because my, my goal is to uh, help people 
I have been helped by watching other people's YouTube videos. And if I can help other people, it's kind of ingrained in me. I'm a teacher. I'm retired now. So I want to continue to teach this way. Uh, reach people through my YouTube. Sure. Well, John, let's mean, you know, you said that you you're chronologically 57. You sure look great. Your skin looks great and clear. Uh, tell, tell, tell everyone what you eat now, just ongoing uh, to, and then they could kind of dial that in for the, the, your appearance, the way you look. Okay, all right. Uh, as we talked before, I started keto, genic, and there is a, a spectrum of uh, uh, keto, ketovore, and then carnivore. Okay. And it's basically the same way of eating, but one's a little more tight. So keto is you don't have a lot of carbohydrates. You keep your carb count down to under 50 grams a day. 50 you grams. Have let me, let me yeah. interrupt a second. What, is, what does that mean like uh, uh, for rice or what? So Give me an idea. I, yeah, 50 uh, grams. You should be getting your carbs from vegetables. Okay. Mostly not, not from rice or bread. Okay. You don't do any of that. Uh, so rice, rice is not considered in the ketogenic, ketovore, carnivore. Rice is not in there. Gotcha. Uh, so so uh, ketogenic can be keto products. It can be keto snacks. Uh, you're basically just lowering your carb count, and so that you can get into ketosis. ketosis. Now, if you go if you go all the way to the other extreme, all the way on the other side, it's carnivore, which you I think you know about. Yeah. Carnivore is just Animal, animal products period fat not butter. even not even coffee yeah no no spices no mustard yeah. just and no vegetables strict. either i mean we've had chafee no and these people on no. and they they talk about the oxalates that i'll get into with you uh these you know the real true carnivores which i did for months i felt great really just yeah, you yeah. know just meat and salt and butter and uh goat's milk and eggs raw eggs and Yep. And I really, yep. it's a little cheese. That's, that's, that's carnivore. They even say that honey can be carnivore yeah, because it's made from a bee, but I don't <laughs> because it's, it's sugar. So I'm in the middle. In I the found middle. out what works for my body. Everybody's right. body is different. I can't tell you, you have to eat a certain way. Sure. Um, I can't tell anybody you have to do this because it works for me. It should work for you. You have to find your own path. And I found that ketovore works best for me. And ketovore is kind of in between keto and carnivore, where I will have some vegetables. I will drink coffee. I will use mustard. I will have spices. I'll have an avocado. But I mostly eat meat products. Do you? I, I am a carnivore with a tiny little bit of keto mixed in. But then you do plenty of fat, I suspect, huh? Butter. And the and I don't eat fat in isolation. I oh, eat the don't. fat with, with my protein, always always eat uh, so i eat my fatty meat i eat ribeyes yeah. um when i have my eggs there's fat in the yolk but i'll add butter so yeah. it's in the food you yeah don't, you don't eat it in isolation yeah and uh i'm telling you i have never felt better really? in my life never I've been doing it four years in a row never never and never. so you're able than you, you're able to yeah, you're able to gauge and it's like we're all learning to do exactly what works for you you know exactly whatever, three eggs or four eggs or how much butter so mm -hmm. do you, you think there is a an advantage of, of doing the the fat with the protein like you're doing the eggs and the butter together? You think there's an advantage rather than doing uh, like a 
table tablespoon of butter in between meals or something. Or, some some people will do fat bombs. That's what I do, and I have ma- I have made them, and and they're delicious. And yeah. you just put it in your mouth, and you suck on the fat bomb, and uh, it gives you a satisfaction. A, a t- you know, you're tasting it, and it goes down. If it's creamy, and for people to get used to, you know, some people need that, but it's suggested by the professionals and the doctors. Uh, and the nutritionist that you should always eat your fat with your protein. It should always be eaten together because the body knows how to process that together. In isolation is okay, but don't do that all the time. You know, some people eat sticks of butter. Yeah, I've seen I don't that. think you should. <laughs> I've seen I don't think you should do that too much, to be honest with you. I, I think know. it should be with the food. Yeah. Do you eat dairy at all? Yeah. Do you do well with dairy or? Uh, every, again, dairy is so different for everybody. Yeah. I I can have some dairy. Um, if I have, I know that when I cross the line and I have too much dairy, then I have constipation Is that and I right? can't do it. So, yeah, done. some people, they, they break out when they have too much dairy, they all of a sudden have pimples. So, you know, dairy has casein and whey proteins and lactose sugar. And some people have developed a lot of people, a lot of people have developed a casein uh, uh, allergy as they aged. Cause as you know, as babies, we never had that. We no. drank our mother's milk. John, yeah. do you do you work with people as well as consult with people? Uh, uh, through, um, well, video I, or something? I just retired from teaching public school last June, oh. and so this is six months. So I'm starting to work with people. Okay. Actually, I was on a call yesterday with a guy, um, and and we spent an hour together, just like we are now. Yeah. And he asked me a million questions, and he was taking notes, and oh, he wanted my yeah. opinions. And then I did another guy. I just did virtually on the computer, but. Um, I don't, I'm not a nutritionist and I'm not a doctor and I'm not a health coach yet. So uh, I'm kind of working. I, I want to help people. So I'm going in that direction. And it's fun. Actually. I do a little thing called Patrick in your pocket, mostly about spiritual things and relationships and the mind, you know, meditation, contemplation. And people, I like that. yeah, it's great. And I, I enjoy it. It's fun to help people. And I just listen. I just listen to them and I can, I can. I just listen mostly. I don't do much talking, you know. People just need to have somebody to hear them, don't they? Often, you know. People need to be heard. Need to be heard. People like it when you echo back what they said. If you're an active listener and you listen to somebody in total silence, and then you repeat back to them exactly what they said in different words, they feel so validated. And then they're willing to, yeah, and they're willing to open up and tell you more. Huh. And then you can use that and go further with it. Yeah. yeah. Like a counselor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah something. Yeah. Like, it's fun. John Lespina is with us. Okay. This oxalate thing. I told you my little experience with Sally K. Norton seven months ago. And at three o'clock mm-hmm. in the morning, I decided to not do any vegetables. I just went cold turkey. And, um, you know, it's really, I mean, so what do you think about that? I mean, it, I the, these oxalate people, they can't be making this stuff up. There really are poisons and chemicals and a lot of vegetables that are not good for us. That's true, right? It really is. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is. It wow. Is. Unbelievable. So what is an oxalate? Yeah. An oxalate is, is an anti-nutrient in many plants. Some plants have low oxalates. Some have medium. Some have high oxalates like spinach like cacao, dark chocolate, like right. black tea, like like black pepper. Hmm. Um, there's a list of high oxalate foods. And oxalates are, it's a chemical, it's an anti-nutrient, 
and the plant makes it to ward off enemies so <laughs> that certain animals won't eat it yeah. right we're an animal and and an oxalate if you put it under a microscope it's a microscopic shard of glass and when we eat a lot of high oxalate foods these microscopic shards of glass you know crystallize and collect and they look for something to bind to in our body and they like to bind to calcium or magnesium or potassium but they prefer calcium so we eat cheese we we get our calcium so it's sure. going to bind to the calcium and then you dump it you usually poop it out and you didn't even know you had a problem what with do you it mean many ongoing ongoing where everybody who eats plants is dumping oxalates from time to time now it becomes a problem when instead of going through our intestines and our colon it wants to go through our bladder and to get to the bladder it has to go through the nephrons of our kidney it gets stuck in the little nephrons of our kidney uh -huh. and they collect and grow and then when it starts to move because it's a microscopic shard of glass it's ripping it's tearing it's causing inflammation it's in your it's trying to get down to the bladder and that's the that's that's a kidney stone that's a kidney stone so it can form and stones if you're oh, if it builds yeah. up and then that's one of four kinds of kidney stones it's called a calcium oxalate kidney stone wow. there's other kinds but that's that wow. um, another place it can it can deposit is in your eyelid oh good in your eyes so if you have if you thought you got something in your eye and it's irritating you and you went to the optometrist and they can't find anything you could be you know it takes a couple of weeks you could be dumping the oxalates out of your eye um, some people think they have arthritis and in the joints of your of your bones the oxalates got in there yeah. and it's actually oxalates and not arthritis so you know I, I i became the seed oil oxalate and carb addiction teacher i added it to my name because <laughs> i had a kidney stone yeah it's worse than giving birth not oh good. my god not good. oh my god i was in the hospital and then i also had an eye problem wow which I, I think it was an oxalate dumping. Wow. So I, I now teach about it and teach, and then I make sure that I, I'm consuming as low as possible oxalate foods. Yeah, and what are some of the top, when I, when I heard that interview, John, uh, I was eating like a lot of the top ones. I was doing almonds every morning for 10, oh, yeah. every morning for 10 years, soaked almonds, <laughs> spinach mm -hmm. all the time, chard all the time, um, yep. turmeric all the time, uh, black pepper. Oh, yeah. I was really doing a lot of the high ones, right? A lot of the high ones. I was too. I, and when I, here's the thing: when I went keto yeah. the, at the beginning, four years ago, before I did carnivore, before I did ketovore, I ate a lot of salads with raw spinach. I made a ton of keto treats with almond flour. Wow. I made my own chocolate with my own monk fruit sweetener. Cacao. Tons of dark. Oh my! I must have been putting so many oxalates in my body and didn't. I didn't know. Wow. I didn't know. So, so the David Wolf it. kind of cacao thing that David brought out years ago, they're high in oxalates, that, that organic cacao you it's, can get? And so ch the cacao tree, hmm. it makes a cacao bean, that's cacao. When you, when you roast cacao, it becomes cocoa. So right. the difference between cocoa and cacao, one's raw, one's roasted, you know, like when you roast a coffee bean. So anything from the cacao tree, if you eat a lot of it, there's a lot of oxalates. I got a little anecdotal thing I think you'll appreciate because you mentioned the bladder. For most of my life, I've had this energy kind of in my bladder where, you know, it just felt like not happy. You know what I mean? Just a little bit of 
inflammation all the time. Okay. And after a while, you just don't even concern yourself with it because it's just there, right? It's like, why? Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> about three months after getting rid of all the oxalates, I went through two or three days of really painful thing in my, in my bladder, and then it mm-hmm. just completely went away. Any kind of inflammation or any soreness, you know, I, I used to be able to, you know, massage down there and it would hurt. Now I can just just make my bladder crazy and it doesn't hurt. Isn't that interesting? So it must have been oxalates, huh? It, it must have. It could be. That. And, and the thing is, you, you, like with my eye, right. when I had an issue, there, there's no uh, test. You can't prove that it's an oxalate that's doing these yeah, issues. We know? just know that we know that they're there and it could be one of the reasons. Hmm. That could be. It, it it sounds like it probably was, but uh, you Did know, you have a lot of oxalate dumping a, that you, uh, things that went on in your body that you said, wow, there's oxalates coming out other than your eyes? Uh, well, it was the kidney stone the kidney and stone. then it was an eye, an eye issue and I don't know if I have had others uh, you don't know. Now, here, here's one more uh, concept to add to the oxalate dumping idea, which I also learned. If you're dumping and it hurts and you're in a lot of pain, the what you can do to help yourself is to actually eat right. a small amount of oxalates so that this dumping slows down, so that the pain is less. So they suggest to actually have some tea. Eat some chocolate uh-huh. if you're in the you middle of a heavy dumping. If you want to slow exactly. it down. Well, that yeah, makes sense, yeah. really, doesn't it? It does, it does. Is a body that, John Laspina, is that, the body is that creatively sensitive. You know, if you just eat a little bit of, and then it slows it down. Isn't that interesting? It Man, is. It's, it's, what a, Patrick, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's cool. The body is just, it's a wonder, you know? It's really amazing. It's amazing. Um, uh, if you uh, question or you want to join the show, we have a couple of emails for John. Uh, Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. The only other thing I had was in my on my right shin about a uh, one-foot little strip of the weirdest thing that came out there, and it was just itching. And oh, for two months, just wouldn't stop. I don't know what it was. Mm. It had to be something coming out, right? I mean... Who, I mean, you know, it was just like, okay. <laughs> and it was just there. And it would just drive me kind of crazy. And I didn't, if but I it scratched it, it would, if I scratched it, it would get worse, right? So you oh, just got, you just got to say, okay, well, and then it went away after. Yeah. So something was coming could, out. We it? don't know. It could be an allergen. It could have been a toxin. It could have been an oxalate. It's, uh, sometimes it's not, you know, we don't, it's not a one and a zero and we know exactly what it is. Right, right, right. So, um, seed oils. Let's talk about seed oils. You're, right. you're the seed oil monster. You're seed oil. So, what are seed uh, oils? Like, like canola oil and these kind of things. Canola. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, you know what butter is, yeah. and you know what beef tallow is. Um, so, there are um, a, a rape plant. R A P E produces a rape seed. It sounds violent. So the industry, Procter and Gamble actually changed the name to canola because nice it sounds nice. It actually nice sounds thing. Italian, doesn't it? <laughs> canola, canola. manja manja. It's a nice. It's nice. <laughs> so they changed the name for advertising purposes, and so with the rapeseed, the cotton seed, the sunflower seed, the peanut, ah. the palm oil seed, they through extremely high heat they will crush these seeds to extract the oil. And then they have to clean it 
and they have to deodorize it with hexane hmm. and really bad chemicals. And then they wash it and then they put it into bottles and they call it, they gave this another name now, they called it a vegetable oil because vegetables sound healthy, even though it has nothing to do with vegetables, it's a seed from plants. So the process of doing this, the high heat denatures the oil. It immediately is rancid. This oil is now rancid in the factory from when day, they made it. From rancid, day one, when they, when they cook it. From day one. Wow. And, 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 and the high heat, rancidity means oxidation. When an oil oxidizes, it loses its electrons. It's bad. It's, it's a poison. So when you ingest the poison, immediately it's causing inflammation in your body. And your body has to try to get rid of it. So all seed oils on the market today, canola, soybean, sunflower, peanut, margarine, margarine, yeah, uh, Crisco, cottonseed, these are all seed oils and they are poison already on the shelf. They are already toxic and people don't know it. And when things go bad, normally they smell bad, right? Yeah. These are very, very high in omega-6 fatty acids and omega-6 fatty acids, when you smell them, do not put off a foul odor. So all the processed foods on the shelf in the boxes and the packages have uh, seed oil in them. And that's why they can stay on the shelf and people open up the packages and it doesn't smell bad because you don't smell it even though it's bad. Mm. It's, it's, it's poison. And so now we can understand why folks who shop on the center aisles, right, of the, mm -hmm. of the Safeway or whatever, Giant or wherever you go, what do you have down in, in Florida? Publix. Publix, we yeah, Publix. I, I know Publix. Yeah. Okay. So when you go in that center aisle, you're gonna be eating these seed oils almost. Yes. I mean, is soybean oil considered the same thing? And that's yes, in everything, is. or canola. Yes, it's, it's in a lot. That's why wow. one of the things I teach is read ingredient labels. Bring your reading glasses, if you're like me. Well, like you probably. <laughs> Bring the reading glasses, reading, if it's anywhere in the beginning, middle, or end, if you see any of those oils, don't ingest them, don't buy them. And this causes oxidative stress in the body, which we know is really the leading cause of disease, right? Oxidation? It is. Almost, I, I would say all, almost. but almost all disease, the precursor to most diseases is chronic inflammation, inappropriate inflammation. A, a chronic inflammation, and that's caused by oxidized biomolecules? By seed oils. Seed oils. By the seed oils, yeah. Oil. So we, we're, 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 we're ingesting these and we're getting that. Now our body can handle some of the toxins, our liver, you know, we're, work we're, a, we're a miracle. We yeah. can handle this stuff but only for a short amount of time and as we age and as we get older it catches up with us so the people you know when we've been eating uh these stand we call them the sad diet standard american diet the standard american diet is laced with seed oil almost all of it has seed oil in it the pop tarts the all the cereals the breads the cupcakes the the crackers you know, you, the Pringles, it's all oh. in seed oils. And then yeah. the oxidation of the biomolecules, uh, John Laspina, then I, I guess then you can move that outward and uh, and it's possible then to create any kind of disease when that goes on, right? Depending on what organ is weak in the body, whether it be liver or kidneys or... 
uh, heart or I, whatever. I, I, ju- I just know that it, it stimulates inflammation. And whenever there's inflammation in the body, you're more susceptible to, you know, for cancer to grow. It's more susceptible for, for getting colds and flus. And, and uh, I mean, look at the people who were um, affected the most with COVID. They were the obese people. Right. One of the comorbid comorbid factors of all the factors that 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 people suffered or died were the people, you know, it was the elderly, yes, and it was people with pre-existing conditions, but it was just somebody who was completely healthy, but they were obese. It it hurt them more because of because probably in inflammation. Yeah. The obesity obesity is inflammation. Obesity is inflammation inflammation. Yeah. Right? Here's an email for you. Um Hi Patrick and John, thanks for the show. For liver detox and other benefits, uh, I grind up a tablespoon of milk thistle seeds in a coffee grinder. Then I put that powder in three cups of boiling water, turn off uh, turn off the heat and steep for 12 hours or half an hour, then drink throughout the day. Wow, considering it's highly recommended to soak seeds, grains, beans, and before so- uh, cooking to reduce the phytic acid. Is there enough phytic acid or oxalates in the milk thistle seeds, um, that could be. I should be concerned. Oh, interesting question. Good question. Very good question. What do you think? Milk thistle is fantastic for yeah. detoxing. Absolutely, I've heard that. I've heard that many times. Um, all seeds, uh, nuts, and legumes are recommended that we soak them for twelve to twenty-four hours to try to get as much of the phytic acid and lectins out of them and then you're supposed to dry them in the toaster oven and then you have a a nut a seed um that is has less anti-nutrients so Hmm. your uh your person who commented is absolutely correct it will probably benefit but i think you have to dry them out first and then put them put them back through the coffee grinder and use them but it is a detox it is yeah milk thistle is great yeah so Mr. Liver really likes that, right? So, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. So detoxing. Do you think the liver actually um, um, kind of coagulates biomolecules in there, and that's why we need to do coffee enemas and stuff sometime? Do we know what's going on uh, in the liver? I mean, really, no. I don't know about coffee enemas. <laughs> You've never uh, done those, but no, and I don't have the desire to do a coffee really? enema, oh. but uh, no, no, you, I guess you've done that. Oh, I, yeah, I, I, I have for years, but. Uh, 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 maybe I'll look into it, I don't know. But what I do know is the liver is is one of the, the other than the skin, it's a, it's a huge organ right. in big, our body. Right. And it's the only organ that can regenerate itself. If you remove 50% of the liver, it will grow back yeah, it'll like, grow. A, lizard's, crazy. like a lizard's tail. It's, it's crazy. really crazy to me. So the body has prioritized this one organ and given it special abilities. And it also does about 80 different jobs in the body. Wow. I mean, it's just amazing. And one of the jobs is for detoxing and getting out impurities. But one of the myths is that it's a filter, that it filters the impurities and then all the impurities are stuck in there. Yeah, that's not true, is it? That's not true. What the the liver does is it tags the impurities. The impurities pass through, it tags them. And as they pass out, they go out because they they were tagged. 
Um, hmm. So it, it doesn't keep the impurities inside. So a lot of people were afraid to eat animal yeah, liver, animal you know, liver, beef right. liver and all that, because they think it has toxins in it. It actually does not have toxins. Liver is one of the most nutrient dense foods that you can eat if you can stomach it. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't like liver. So so what would be the idea of liver, liver detox then if it's not, if it's just tagging something? Is it all my, just made up? The liver my, detox. Yeah, thing? my opinion about a, about a detox is that the best detox to do for the body is a hundred percent free. You don't have to spend any money, and it's called a fast. Hmm. You do a long term fast, go three or four days with just water and electrolytes, and that is the best liver detox you can possibly give your body. You will detox your other organs too. You detox everything. It's a reset. Uh, a long-term fast. That's a whole other topic to go down. Well, we've talked Very about healthy. it over the years, and we've done it. And yeah. uh, So yeah. you really think that's the the detox of mother load, huh? I, do you? I do believe that, yeah. yeah. I, I do believe I'm sure there are some other small things you can do, like milk thistle and other things, but but uh, it, instead of spending money on products, uh, you know, buying the pill and the potion to, that claims to detox and do all these things, which they may ha they may do that, um, it's free. You fast for free. You're saving money. You're not eating, and you're getting the best detox that there is out there. Yeah. Do you do them often or sometimes? I do one every three or four months. I, I do a three day a three day fast. Just water. I did one. I did one last month. I drink. I drink coffee huh? in the morning. You do actually drink um, coffee during your fast? Go. You go. Jail. Oh, I do. I do. Coffee <laughs> zero calories. I drink it black, so but I'll have water and then I add magnesium, potassium, and sodium the, in the water that I drink. Yeah, I have a little electrolyte powder, and throughout the day, and uh, I've been doing it, you know, since I started this four years well, ago. And do you, it's do amazing? You, do you need to to uh, um, have bowel movements during the three days? Does just stuff come out? Whatever happens, happens. You don't care. <laughs> it, it, whatever. Uh, I don't care. Yeah. yeah. To, to give you a little bit of info, not to give you TMI, but well, uh, you know, right. my bowel, bowel movements at the beginning are the same because all the stuff I ate before is in there. As I get to the second and third day, there's less and less. And there is a point, it's really interesting, I don't know if it's just me, where in the reset, the whole purpose of a long-term fast is to reset everything. I get this flush that goes on, like wow. all of a sudden I'll go to the bathroom and just, a bunch comes just, out. Yeah, comes like, out. yeah, it's like, and and what I think that is is it's cleaning. It's clean. It's the huh. cleaning and the detoxing. All impurities just went, and then you start eating, you know, healthy again after that. Slowly, there's a whole theory about how to end a fast as well. There's you have to do it a certain way. You probably heard of the uh, what do they call it, John? A master cleanser, where you do lemon juice. You, you know mm -hmm. that one, lemon juice. With yeah. a little bit of maple syrup and uh, cayenne, Ooh, no. yeah, yeah, that, that that that's the classic master <laughs> cleanser, you know. <laughs> they, you know, I did that in 1980, probably 15 days, and I felt great. I mean, yeah, I, that's know, good. I don't I, know about the maple syrup, it's just sugar, but I mean, oh, probably it, do it oh, yeah. the maple syrup. It's pretty strong yeah. sugar. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, you know, that's just the classic master cleanser that people have done. Uh, the lemon's great. You mentioned lemon, and yeah. then we to go back to the oxalates. Yeah. One of the things you can do other than have a little bit of oxalates to, to help your oxalate dumping is to get citric acid in there. So apple cider vinegar or lemon or lime helps to break down that oxalate stone. 
so that oh, you can pass it in, in drinking. Yeah, and drinking lots of water to flush the kidneys. If you're having a kidney stone, oh. it's healthy to have citrus since you brought it up. Here's an email from Sharon. Uh, I am 45 years old and I live in Canada, enjoying the show. I just keep having heartburn and I try all different kinds of foods and more acid, no acid. Uh, can you give me some ideas of what could be going oh, on? Oh, boy. Mm, that's a tough one, too. I had it for a couple of it years is. myself. And, yeah. and I really figured out at the end of the day it was all a mm-hmm. mental, emotional, spiritual thing for me. You know, I couldn't mm-hmm. I couldn't get it on the out, going outside, so I had to go in. But it's different right. for everybody, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I've never had a, I, I think, I won't say never, but I get heartburn. I used to get heartburn maybe once a year. And uh, but I know I know people that they're taking the pills. Sure. They're taking the anti acids, and I and I've heard that's the worst thing to do. Yeah, is to add it. You want more acid Correct. in your stomach. So one suggestion is to drink some apple cider vinegar, diluted apple cider vinegar. Uh, it helps people when they go to sleep at night and they have that um, yeah. re- that reflux issue. The apple cider vinegar will stop that. Uh, so that's a little tip she can try. Yeah. So that that's the general understanding that we've learned over the years, John. I think you're right. It's never too much acid. It's always not enough. Most often, yeah, right? I, so, I believe. Yeah, so, I believe so. So, Sharon, you can try some apple cider vinegar. Um, uh, we're with John Lespina. Uh, Les, that's are you Italiano? Lespina. I am a I'm a paisan. That's Thank a nice that's aboard, John Lespina. Yeah, what what part of Italy nice are you aboard. are your folks from? Catania, Sicily. Me too. I'm Siciliano. Siciliano. Okay. All right. Uh, Where are you from originally? Are you from Texas? Uh, St. Louis. I grew up in St. Louis. Oh, okay. Missouri. Yeah. Okay. I'm from Philadelphia. Originally. Philadelphia. Philly. Yeah. That's yeah. a great. Well, you had a lot of pizza in Philadelphia, right? Oh, uh, oh yeah. So hubs. <laughs> hoagies. Hoagies and, and cheesesteaks and soft pretzels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And a lot of, get, yeah. a lot of great uh, music out of Philadelphia. I was a disc oh, jockey back in the 70s and a lot, you know, who are some of the people you guys used to have there? Oh man, Springsteen, yeah, yeah Springsteen, yeah, yeah. and that whole crowd, yeah. and then that's where Dick Clark, remember American yes, he Bandstand? Did. Bandstand? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I, I remember that. So you <laughs> and I go way back. We remember American uh, Bandstand. Uh, John, stay right there. Let me do a quick little break, sure. and then we'll we'll continue. Okay. Thank you so much. This is OneRadioNetwork.com. Nice fellow, huh? You're a nice guy. So uh, we'll tell you how to find his things before we leave here and look at some of his videos. We talked about oxidation, right? And we talk about it a lot. I don't know if you know from hydrogen. Hydrogen is one of the number one antioxidants ever, ever, ever. And we have a machine that uh, produces very clean, pure hydrogen. The name of the machine is Holy Hydrogen. Um, There's massive amounts of research that shows that all of these pills, where you just you know put a pill and get some hydrogen water, not only do they not get hydrogen, but they have a lot of yuck stuff in there. I don't like speak badly about anything, but be very careful with doing that. This is a way where you can actually make hydrogen in the morning, 30 seconds, and then you have two quarts of pure hydrogen water. We like to drink half of it on an empty stomach and then uh, put some food in there for breakfast, and then you breathe the gas and um, you can breathe the gas as much as you want, and it's just pure hydrogen. Uh, uh, Japan, uh, probably one of the biggest pro-hydrogen people 
on on the earth plane. Uh, they actually, check this out, in an ambulance in Japan, when they go and pick you up with some issue, they don't put you on oxygen, they put you on hydrogen. Oh yeah, check it out. Now you can go to molecularhydrogeninstitute.com and uh, you can see peer-reviewed studies from around the world and hydrogen is used to help people recover from um, uh, strokes, all kinds of things, because it's an antioxidant. And is, uh, well, it's more than that, it's a food. It doesn't kill anything, it just helps the body to do its thing. Japan, China, uh, is, and Vietnam, they're very big on the whole hydrogen thing. So you might wanna check it out. Uh, I've been breathing hydrogen gas for uh, three and a half years now, every day. I think it's a, an incredible technology, very safe, and you'll have fun with it. Check it out. It's, uh, we think, the best machine out there. Holy Hydrogen, promo code one radio for 100 bucks off. It's a beautiful machine, very quiet. You drink the water and breathe the gas and then party down. I think you'll like the experience. A lot of people do. And uh, I don't know if you know about our sulfur, but we have one of the best ones out there. It is pure. Listen. Previously with research scientists at MIT, Stephanie Seneff, PhD, and the curious connections between these glyphosates, Roundup, GMOs, and sulfur. So if you simply put the glyphosate in place of the glycine in the sulfur transferase, you will not be able to get the sulfate from the cholesterol sulfate to some other molecule, such as the heparin sulfate, the cell won't be able to defend itself with sulfate if it can't put the sulfate there. But it's really, really important to be able to do that because, for example, cholesterol sulfate, it delivers sulfate to the cells, but in order to deliver it, you've got to take the sulfate off of the cholesterol and put it on something else. And that's what, where the sulfur transferase would come in and wouldn't be able to do that. I know, it gets a little geeky, but... The point is that without the proper amount of sulfur in the body, and now it's being disrupted because of the GMOs, even more than what it was already doing, it's, it's not good. So we think that this uh, sulfur product that we've been promoting is really helping people to keep everything kind of working well because this whole sulfur cycle is kind of God's way of keeping the bad guys out and exiting the body. And because our sulfur is absolutely pure with no additives, it's different from almost all the other ones out there. You can click an order, three prices, right on our website, oneradionetwork.com. Wait a minute, why doesn't that work? Hold on a second. Oh, I think I make it work now. <laughs> Come on, mouse, do it, do it. The first supplement I like to take in the morning, right after I wake up, is Pine Pollen Pure Potency, or P4. This is Cirque Rival's flagship testosterone and androgen support formula. It's made with the pollen of pine trees, which is rich in testosterone, androstenedione, DHEA, and a bunch of plant sterols. These are all substances, phytochemicals, that support the body's natural androgens, or male hormones. Of course, men and women are using this product, but usually it's men in andropause. Men after age 40 whose testosterone production has started to decline. Many of Sir Thrival supplements can be taken any time of day, but Pine Pollen Pure Potency, it's important that you take at very specific times of the day. Now it can be taken once, twice, or three times, depending on how much you want to supplement yourself with the phytoandrogens found in it. But the key is taking it at morning, right upon waking, midday or noon, 
and then again right before bed. So once, twice, or three times a day, but always at those times. And that's because that's when your body's naturally producing its own testosterone. And all we wanna do is amplify that sine wave. We don't wanna start to take testosterone at a time where our body's purged it from the bloodstream. Instead, we wanna take it at a time where those levels are already spiking and we're just subtly helping to increase them. This product tastes fantastic. I think of it like an orange creamsicle. And that's because in addition to that subtle pine flavor, there's a little bit of orange peel, Tahitian vanilla bean, cloves, and then a little bit of maple syrup just to give it this nice kind of sweet orange flavor. So it's really delicious and easy to take. So if you're looking to increase your testosterone or androgen levels and you want an alternative to pharmaceutical testosterone replacement therapies, there's nothing that does it better than Pine Pollen Pure Potency. It's a great company. They have the colostrum, uh, Pine Pollen, Elk Velvet Antler, and um, the digestive bitters and uh, some vitamin D3 K2 product. And uh, now they, they, they've just come out with a, uh, um, a, a, a heritage kind of uh, real forest uh, walnuts and uh, doing a CO2 extraction. And you can do a, a if you want to get some walnuts into your, into your body. I haven't done any, any nuts at all since uh, the whole carnivore thing, but I think I'm going to play around with I bought some and I like it. And we'll see how my body likes it, and try some, uh, you know, let's try some walnuts. Anyway, uh, oh, and then quickly here before we go back with John and wrap it up with him, um, guys, if you're thinking about south of the border, you know, with uh, testosterone that we talked about, this product from uh, from uh, Shen Blossom is called Arise, and yeah, read the ingredients in this guy, boy, just all these beautiful Chinese medicine herbs, nothing else in there. And this really uh, will put a little kick in your giddy-up when it comes to uh, libido and the good stuff that Italians like a lot because we make a lot of babies who are Italian, you know, what can I tell you? It's like, it's in our DNA, you know. So uh, check it out, Arise, and it's uh, in on Shen Blossom on OneRadioNetwork.com. Yeah, you know, DNA, something. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. My my mouse is trying to attack me, John. Can you help me with that? Do you have a diet for that? (laughs) It's just just not happening. Well, it's really been uh, great fun talking to you. Let's kind of wrap up with a couple things. So, um, uh, So, what about olive oil a lot of people like olive oil you think olive oil is a reasonable thing we're italian you know yeah i love olive oil olive oil is fantastic i've got some tips on how to buy olive oil if you'd like to hear them yeah yeah okay uh olive oil can be fragile if you cook with it in high heat right so high heat denatures it just like a seed oil you know, that's the heat aspect of it. So you can use it to cook with, but on low heat, olive oil, extra virgin olive oil is recommended to finish things, mm-hmm. drizzle on the top of things. And the and the best way to buy olive oil is when you're in the store, you want it to be in a glass bottle that's dark in color because yeah. that keeps out the light so it doesn't oxidize. And then on the back, instead of a sell-by date or a use-by date, you want to find a company that has a harvest date when the olives were harvested and it should be within the last three years to be the freshest 
extra virgin olive oil. And then one more thing you can check is the ingredients. Where did the olives come from? And it really doesn't matter where they come from, but as long as they come from one source, because mm -hmm. a lot of the cheaper olive oils, they'll mix different olives that were harvested at different times in there. And it's it's not as quality. And then when you taste the olive oil, take a little table, a teaspoon, yeah. put it on the back of your throat, it should burn a little bit on the back of the throat and taste very earthy. That's that's the good stuff. The good stuff. Well, that's great, that's yeah. Well, I you, think when you've had the good stuff, you're never gonna you, go you back never to go the back. cheap stuff. I wanna turn yeah. you on to a friend of mine who has a company in Italy, John, and I've known mm -hmm. Carla, uh, well, she passed now, but her husband is running the company called Jovial Foods. I don't have a financial interest, but they're just wonderful people. They grow their own olives. They got their mm -hmm. own thing going. And they put the, the harvest date right on the bottle, right? Just like Perfect. you say. Yeah. And you could actually yeah. get the new harvest every year. So, and they harvest like in October, November. And in mm -hmm. January, December, you can get the stuff that's about two months old. Oh, perfect. Oh, oh wow. yeah. So check it out. It's Good called difference. Jovial Foods. Jovial. J-O-V-I-A-L okay. Foods. And you can I'll check, check it out. Yeah. Oh, really. Yeah, she, 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 does a, she does a great job. So it, right. it's important because, as you know, uh, the olive oil is pretty, um, can be a sleazy business, right? They, they'll, you know, they'll put. Well, they'll, they'll put. They'll weird. cut it. Yeah. Yeah. They'll cut it so they can make a profit and you don't know you're getting good quality or not. Yeah. So before we go, what did uh, I not ask you about that you think is important for our listeners to consider when they're figuring out their their foods? What what, what, what didn't we cover? I'm sure there's what, lots. Well, I, could, I could talk for hours. <laughs> I'll just give us a, an overview. Um, we talked about seed oils, talked yeah. about oxalates, and, and, and we talked about sugars and what turns into sugars. And, and uh, I, I would say... Uh, to read your, to try to become good at reading your body signals, really hone in and, and eating this way helps you do that because if the toxins are not in your body, you can feel and sense things better when you're clean mm -hmm. on the inside. So you can tell when you need salt, you can tell when you don't want more salt, you can feel if um, you know, like when I eat too much pork, I don't feel as good as when I eat more beef. Interesting, because you know, yeah. beef is better for you than pork because it's a, beef is a ruminant animal. So, it, I, I would say to to try to hone in on listening to your body signals and trust them. Yeah, that's very good advice. Uh, here's another email just popped in. Can you ask John if he thinks taking probiotics is very good for the tummy? Does we have a specific brand that he likes? What do you think about probiotics? Uh, okay. Um, I, I, there's a brand and I haven't even tried it, but I've heard about it. It's called seed S E E D. Hmm. Um, if, if the person wants to investigate it, I haven't even tried it. Um, I've learned that in our intestines, there are not even billions. There are trillions and trillions and trillions of bacteria. And when we take, uh, probiotics, we're not putting that much into the system to affect that. Right. You know, it's just, it's a microscopic amount. Can't hurt. Some people say it helps. Um, it, I've also heard it's best to eat the foods that are probiotics. Eat asparagus, no. which is a great probiotic for, for your uh, bacterial gut. You know, most of our immune system is in our, is in our gut. And if our gut is healthy, we actually, you know, uh, we feel better. Yeah. Uh, there's some folks, and we 
where we had a relationship with uh, Ajanis Vanderplanitz years ago. I don't know if you know him. He was a primal mm-hmm. diet. But he, he, he claimed that when we cook meat over a certain temperature, that it's, it's not good for the body. Uh, and he, man, this guy looked great up in time. He, well, he fell off a balcony in, uh, somewhere in the Far East and just had an early, <laughs> an early exit. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it was crazy. Oh, but he looked great. I mean, he looked, whew, he wow. looked like, a, like a, a god or something, and he was like 50 years old. But he did everything mm. raw, John. Everything raw, raw eggs, raw, raw beef, yeah. everything. Uh, what do you think about that? Do you cook your meat a lot? Um, raw, you get all the vitamins and minerals, and, and they're not killed off by the heat. So medium rare is my preference. Uh, between rare and medium rare, or even closer to medium is fine. When you when you have, when you cook things too much, yes, the, there's less vitamins supposedly in the meat. Um, if you char meat, you put that thick, dark char on it, that's not supposed to be so healthy. Yeah. That's called advanced glycation end product. You're actually creating a sugar coating. So it's kind of a glycation. So to find that happy medium, you want those, those char marks on your steak, but you don't want to burn the outside of that steak so much. It's, it's technically not uh-huh. very good for you. Uh-huh. So I'm kind of in between. I, okay. I cook my meat. I don't like it raw but I like it medium rare. Uh, Mark wants to know, so what vegetables does your guest eat? What vegetables do you eat? It's a good question. All right. Yeah. I, as a ketovore, I don't really eat that many vegetables anymore. Yeah. I don't. Um, when I when I go out to a restaurant, they will, you know, I'll, buy, I'll get my ribeye or my prime rib or whatever amazing steak I can find on the menu. And of course, it comes with sides. So I'll get the asparagus. I'll get the broccoli. And that's what I usually eat. I bring my own ghee. And I smear it really? <laughs> on my on my on my steak. I smear it on my my broccoli. I put my own Redmond real salt yep. on everything because it's an amazing salt. That's my favorite salt too. Yeah, Redmond. Okay, yeah. 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 I, I, they, they gave me this little like put in your pocket container, right? <laughs> and I take it with me. So I don't I don't uh, I won't turn vegetables down, but I don't go to the store on purpose and buy them and eat them all week long. You just I don't. only yeah. yeah. If I'm at a party, if I'm at a restaurant and it's there, I'll have a little bit. Right. Back in the day, as long as it's not cooked in seed oil, if it's cooked in seed oil and I know it, you know, I run far. <laughs> 30, 40 years ago, when I used to eat popcorn, I'd go to the movies and I would bring some ghee with me. Because uh, Ayurvedic medicine, they say when you put ghee on popcorn, it's easy to digest. So I would actually bring oh it. I would actually bring it in a, in a little baggie and I'd buy the popcorn mm-hmm. and then I, I would put the ghee on it. I, I remember doing that. Oh my God. Okay, here's one from Steve. It's interesting that you look for a little burn in the back of your mouth to know it's great olive oil because normally a bitter taste indicates transimony. Hmm. About the burn in yeah. olive oil? Yeah, I'm, That's I'm not... just, just what I learned, uh, what I've heard, and then I tested it and I did get a, I don't know if you want to call it, it's, it's a little bit of a... Yeah, of a, it's a little bit. You feel something. I don't know if maybe, maybe burn is the wrong description, but you regular, you know, cheap olive oil, try it, do a test. Take a little bit of the cheapest olive oil in the plastic bottle that's yellow, and you don't taste. You don't have anything. You take the really good quality stuff. Yeah. You're gonna. You're gonna. It's. It, you feel it in the back of your throat. You feel it. Is what I'm talking about. Yeah. And yeah. when you cook your meat, uh, uh, what do you use? Fat ghee or or. Uh, okay. Um, so we we have a smoker grill, a Traeger grill. We it uses wood pellets, and so we uh, cook it on the grill. 
Um, and then on the table, I'll put either real butter or I'll put a little layer of ghee oh, on yeah, it just because I love it. Oh, yeah, baby. And then, my, and then my Redmond salt. If I'm using my cast iron skillet, I will only use cast iron. Right. Use a cast iron skillet and I'll just I'll put beef tallow, some yeah. old, you know, that I saved and I put that in there until it's sizzling and then I'll put the steak in there and and cook it that way and same thing with the with the ghee afterwards and the butter oh, yeah. and, the, and the salt so what kind of grill is this is this a grill that goes outside or you have this inside so this is a, oh it's an outside grill okay it's, Traeger? Announced, it's a regular outside grill it's called traeger t-r-a-e-g-e-r -E -E and it, you plug it into the wall it's electric really um it, it's digital so you can set the temperature to what you want digital and this little auger you fill up the hopper with wood pellets that wood. you buy for the grill just little wood. wood pellets it looks huh. yeah it looks like uh gerbil food okay those little tiny wood things and then the depending on the temperature you set the auger spins at a certain speed and pushes the pellets into the firebox and that's where you get your your heat in your grill um and it also smokes whatever you're that's cooking kind of you can fun. put it on low and smoke chicken wings i never heard it's, of that it's, it's that's pretty cool it's i bought it about a year ago i never used it until someone turned me on to it and now it's the only thing i use and so the flame is what's cooking the meat or the, so the, the heat the, the flame on the inside is what's heating up the grill and then there's a metal plate yeah and the the grate is on top of that metal plate so everything gets just as hot as a regular grill only the flames are not touching the meat it's like an it's basically an oven and created an oven yeah very interesting i can recall the days speaking of uh, cooking things uh i think this was 1965 i was a or for a senior high school i worked for mcdonald's and you know back then john they used beef tallow to cook yeah, their did. french fries french fries i yeah. mean no this guy it was like 15 cents for the best french fries ever <laughs> and they taste it better you, know, you better think oh my God. absolutely and we actually used to peel the potatoes in a machine seriously that's the way this guy the that's original the guy it. he had real food and then you would yeah. you would make the french fries on a little thing and then we'd throw uh -huh. it in the beef tallow and then uh it was it was crazy and back then yeah, too it was just 100 percent beef and they come in fresh and we'd smash it down and they had real ice yeah. cream that's the way mcdonald's started it's kind they of started that well you know. go back go back to the 1950s 40s go way back we we did things that were more natural they weren't yeah. uh you know the industry didn't bastardize it right and process it and 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 change everything the way we have everything changed today yeah god it's, knows uh, what's in these foods now if you go out it's yeah that's why we say read the ingredients it's the best thing you can do you don't even think about it we have a farmer's market here, John, and boy, we have some, some beef purveyors. They got their own cows, and they, and we can get some really nice grass-fed, finished mm, liver, that's uh, good. hearts, uh, organs. Uh, you know, we didn't talk about organs before we go. Do you do you have some right. organ meats? Yeah, you mentioned liver. Yeah. Okay, so um, animal organs have a higher content of vitamins. They even have vitamin C. And, you know, people say, oh, the only place you can get vitamin C is like citrus fruit and a few other fruits, but you can get C in liver. Um, I don't particularly like the taste of beef liver, so I found out that I love cod liver, huh. which is just as healthy. So I buy cod liver in cans in their own oil because I want to get at least once or twice a week, I want to get some kind of organ meat in my system because it's that's the recommendation. It's very healthy. Um, so if you love, and another trick you can do if you hate liver is you take some beef liver and you mix it in with your ground beef 
you know, 90% ground beef and 10% liver, and you don't even know it's in there when right. you make your hamburgers to get your liver. Liver's very healthy. Yeah, we have Absolutely. a, we have a, uh, a purveyor there that makes these burgers with uh, uh, a liver and another organ hearts and with ground there beef, and he makes hamburgers. And yep. you, you can't even taste that they've got the liver. Right, it's, and it's really it's fun. It's so good for you. Yeah, it's yeah. really good stuff. Okay, okay, well, we got to go. I think I've overstayed my welcome with you. Thanks, it was really fun. I had a great time, yeah. Patrick. This has been fantastic. Well, Please I'm, have me back if you'd like in the sure. future. Yeah, I've got your carb addiction teacher. Tell folks how they can find you and your videos and stuff before we okay, go. Okay, if John. you just go on the internet and type in carb addiction teacher, okay. or if you want to be more specific, seed oil, oxalate, and carb addiction. Uh -huh. I know that's kind of long, but uh, you'll see you'll see all my YouTubes and, and and I would invite you to please subscribe to my channel. Uh, and I put a new video out every day, different topics, um, very similar to some of the topics we talked about today. What have you been talking about lately? Anything special? Uh, lately, because it's uh, New Year's, I've talked about New Year's resolutions and going on a diet yeah. and, uh, you know, how I started. And actually, oh, I'm glad I just reminded this. I'm starting a new uh, uh, facet of my 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 teaching through wednesday night every wednesday night i'm doing a live youtube oh cool uh, at eight at eight o'clock p.m eastern time so if anybody would like to go find me on youtube carb addiction teacher uh every wednesday night at 8 p.m eastern time depending where you're on the, the time zones uh you can type in your comments kind of like this radio show uh -huh. and uh, i'll read them and i will talk and have a discu uh, discussion back you. and forth and, and learn from each other so i invite anybody who's listening now to come on tomorrow night uh, oh, so this is gonna you. be your first one tomorrow night this will be my first one tomorrow night cool 8, 8 p.m yeah well i remember when i started this program in 2008 uh I just started it, and I think I had one person at first. I mean, that's the, what you got to do. You just do I'm it. I'm hoping I get one. I'm no, hoping, yeah. otherwise I'm, gonna, I'm thinking of a topic. All right, what am I going to talk about if nobody shows up? I'm going to have to have a topic, right? So I'll I always remember that. I had one person, I think, you know, and right. you, they, people just find you, you know. It's just, you know. By, that's great. I hope so. They just find yeah. you. Well, John, you're a pleasure yeah. to talk to, and it's been an honor talking to you. And thanks for spending so much time with us, John Laspina. And thank you, Patrick. My thanks pleasure. a lot for the opportunity. Okay. Have Brother, a good thank day. You. John Laspina, Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. You can find him and sign up and go to his Wednesday night thing tomorrow night, 8 o'clock Eastern time, and ask some questions, and he'll be there. Be there or be square. Maybe you'll be the first, you know, one of 10 or 20 people. Who knows? Okay, we're going to take a little break, and we're going to talk to a lady who has an interesting story about... Uh, doing a, a more keto thing with her cancer. So it just turned out that, so it's a keto day here. And uh, we're going to do that in uh, 20 minutes. I'm going to take a little break, have some water, run outside and look at the sun for a few minutes. And then I'll see you back in 20 minutes right here, oneradionetwork.com. We just heard that our cardiac uh, fellow um, had uh, has surgery scheduled for tomorrow. Somebody needs him more than we need him. So the show we have planned for tomorrow morning at 10 will not be there, so we'll figure something else out. I'll be on or we'll find somebody else. But it happens with docs, because you never know, you know? People go into surgery and you gotta do your thing. So I love you all, thank you. Please pass on the links to everyone you care, care about. Go on BitChute, all of our videos there. Subscribe there as well. And we'll see you in about 20 minutes. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com.